and I'm not speaking for him by any means. Oh, oh too late, dude. Oh, too oh, late. I would, like, okay, Pat, I'm just saying. It never, when I heard that floated out there, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I guarantee you he's not retired. Okay. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. Tony, Daniel, and Corey. I'm Tony. They're Daniel and Corey. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, Hello. Today, we're doing a mock draft. It's uh, Actually, I looked online, and there's not a lot of rookie, like, top 10 rookie dynasty picks right now. It's kind of weird. It's right. all by position still. We might be ahead of the curve here, guys. Hey. So we're, we're going to do our top 12 dynasty rookies, but this Aaron Rodgers news is unavoidable. We have got to talk about Aaron Rodgers here. The interview that I saw with A.J. Hawk, I know that it was a couple of days old, and I just found it today, but it was the, I, to, in my opinion, it was the most like sound interview. And to be fair, A.J. Hawk is typically a, a guest, a, a co-host of the show. This was, yes. an, this was an interview. I mean, Corey, you just watched it. What did you think of this? Good stuff. And AJ is on the show all the time. So they've got good uh, rapport and uh, yeah, they grilled him for a minute and it was funny and entertaining and AJ didn't reveal anything major. You know, he didn't say this is what's happening, but he was saying, this is how I feel things are going, which is most likely how it's really going because him and Rogers are very good friends. Uh, Rogers is on the show on the Pat McAfee show regularly throughout the NFL season. I believe it's uh, Aaron Roger Mondays. Uh, I want to say, but uh, they're at the Derby this weekend together. AJ and Rogers are good friends. So AJ is pretty close to the situation. Um, and I think his opinion is, uh, you know, something that should be listened to and you relevant. Know, the thing about it was, AJ didn't say Aaron says this, right? But he Correct. said, I think Aaron would say this. Okay. Oh, like yeah. that's where the legitimacy comes in. Aaron Rodgers is not going back to green Bay. The damage is done. I believe it's true because like in the last 30 minutes, I realized Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback for the green Bay Packers ever again. I think that's done. The damage is done. And that, that's, wild. that's the message that I got from him. He's not going to retire. That's the, the title was there's 0% chance he retires. The subtitle that they didn't say was he's also not coming back to green Bay. So I'm excited about this. I don't know. Daniel, do you have any thoughts here? It just kind of feels like the relationship is, is, you know, not gonna, not gonna repair. Um, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for a different team next year. I think, it may even get to a point because they're kind of playing chess with each other right now. The upper management of the Packers saying, saying all the right things in the media, but then clearly Aaron just is not going to play. And so then they'd have to pay him all this money and he's not going to play for him. It just, I mean, they, they just need to move on, especially if they're getting offers from what we heard. We don't know if that's the, you know, the truth, but from the 49ers, you know, multiple firsts, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, that kind of thing. The Packers need to just take it and run at this point. You know, you said something that ties with what Corey said that makes a lot of sense to me, too. I mean, here's the alternative. Let's look at this from the other side. of the, It's a chess game, right? It's Aaron Rodgers against the Green Bay Packers, and both of them have to watch out for their own interests, and I understand that. Call it a chess game. And also, Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show once a week. And also, one of his best friends is A.J. Hawk. And also, Pat McAfee has a podcast that's taken, taken the sports world by storm. I mean, what he's done is incredible, honestly. I know podcasts have, 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 have happened for a long time, but what Pat McAfee has done is he is, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's what he has done is special. What if Aaron Rodgers is using this platform to, to play, you know, chess against the Packers? What if this is sabotage also? Is that a possibility? Love it. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, he definitely could be. I mean, the whole thing is is very, very interesting to me. I don't want to get lost on Aaron Rodgers, though. We've got rookies to talk about. They've been drafted. They have homes. Um, anything about the draft, guys? We haven't had a show since the draft, right? Correct. Correct. So, yeah, and yeah. All this Aaron Rodgers news broke draft night. Yeah. So, so, so tell me, about. forget about Aaron Rodgers. What about the draft? Anything stand out to you guys? Go ahead, Daniel. Uh. I kind of look at the draft two different ways. One as a fantasy player as kind of a dynasty owner. And then another one is kind of just a fan of the NFL. So there were a few teams that didn't take players that I thought might like address a a certain position um, that helped some dynasty fantasy football rosters out there. Um, And then there were some kind of not so great spots for fantasy that we'll kind of get into uh, here, but it was exciting. Do you guys uh, like the outcome mostly? Uh, yeah, it was a fun draft. Um, just so you guys remember correctly, I predicted that there would only be three quarterbacks in the top 10 <laughs> and I was right. Thank you. Um, Hi. the saints, uh, went after Peyton Turner late in the first and they did this a few years ago with, um, Daniel, we just talked about him. What the hell's that guy's name? The other defensive end, they took him the first round. Uh, Marcus Davenport. Yes, Davenport. So they kind of did a similar thing where they took a guy who's kind of graded as a second or a third guy, third round guy and took him in the first. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, other than that, um, just I liked uh, Mac Jones of the Patriots. I think that's a solid fit. Um, everybody I knows. Don't... Everybody knows, Corey. Everybody knows. By the way, Corey, you mentioned that you called it on um, your quarterback three being in the top ten. I called the exact order. One, two, three, four, five. Those are my rankings, exactly how it played out. Really? Yeah. I'd like to find that. Kind of cool. I had three in a row. I had uh, Waddle to the Dolphins. I had Mac Jones of the Patriots and Quiddy Pay to the Colts. I had those three in a row. Oh, I nice. was just talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just quarterbacks is what I was talking about. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Anyway, wait, 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 guys, guys. Enough. I'm tired of you two trying to show each other up. That is not the point. <laughs> no, it's exciting when it works out how it's supposed to. Yeah, I understand. You guys should make a five shot bet, and then that'll make it a lot more exciting. So until you're making five shot bets, I don't want to see this dick measuring uh, contest go on any longer than right. it has to. We'll come up. We'll come up with some for five shots. Um, Hey, real quick. One big thing is the Texans spent their first pick. Um, It was pick number three of the third round on Davis Mills, a quarterback. Um, I think that pretty much tells you that Deshaun Watson will probably never play for them again. Davis Mills was the number one ranked quarterback um, out of high school that year. So 
you could see some Davis Mills action in Houston this year. Yeah, and for a team that needs everything, they they take a quarterback with their first pick of the draft, and then they didn't they only have like three picks anyway. Oh, was, like yeah, that was their first one super late, and I, I can't remember, but well, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that was very telling. That's their fourth yes. quarterback, too, by the way. Bad franchises do bad things. And I'm glad as a Colts fan to say that the Houston Texans are back. Anyway, <laughs> we've got our consensus rankings here. Top 12 dynasty fantasy football players. This is uh, based on one quarterback leagues, which is a dying breed, I guess. But one quarterback league, because we didn't want to have like five quarterbacks in the list. Okay, so that's the reason why we're doing this. And uh, yeah. standard PPR scoring, a point per perception um, and that's it. So number one was unanimous. I'll just kick it right off here. Jamar Chase. And I don't think anybody has, like, there's nothing we need to say specifically. Like, reunited with the quarterback, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the same stuff. So anybody. Yeah, it's, it's unanimous for us, but I think kind of uncommon. I think Najee Harris is number one on a lot of people's boards. I'm in a, I'm right now in a rookie draft. We're in, like, the third pick is happening right now. The first overall pick was Najee Harris. And I can understand why it would be that way. Sure. Yeah, I, I chose Jamar Chase because of the length, the shelf life of a wide receiver. Uh, but I can totally understand why Najee Harris would be somebody's first pick in a mock draft. Yeah, and what we did here, uh, guys, we each ranked our 1 through 12. And then so this list that we, we are presenting is the consensus. So that the average of all the players that we each listed in our own individual rankings, this is how it came out. So this is this is a good way to kind of determine um, the order of what these guys should go, according to us. Perfect. So Jamar Chase is one. Uh, next came Kyle Pitts, which was a nice surprise to me. I know that Corey Kyle Pitts has been somebody you've been all over. Uh, you and I actually both ranked him uh, second. Daniel had him third with Najah Harris beating him out. So why don't why don't Corey and Daniel why don't you two talk about whether he should be two or three? So real quick, like you said, I've been high on him. Um, for me, and it's the same thing in like a redraft fantasy league, like you want to spend your first round pick on the most for sure bet. You don't want to take a chance in the first round. Um, I feel like Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are the most for sure thing you can do in a rookie draft right now. Um, and I think when you get down to Najee Harris, and we talked about it in our rookie rankings, I, I didn't love his speed. And, you know, I... I Although I think he probably will be the workhorse in Pittsburgh, I think he could have trouble breaking off the big plays and racking up all the, all the, all the yardage and touchdowns. Um, and, and without that top end speed, I think there's a chance he could be a bust. Um, I think he, there's a chance he could get gobbled up in the backfield a lot because he can't break through that, you know, that first line because the NFL is faster. So for me, it just came down to I think Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are about as sure as it gets, you know, with this draft class. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, if you look at the safest players, you know, five, five years from now, looking at this draft, the safest players are going to be Kyle Pitts and most likely Jamar Chase. Um, the shelf life for running backs is, is not very long, as you mentioned, Tony. Uh, but also, to Corey's credit, um, I, I do love Najee Harris. And I think he is the most talented running back in this class. Um, I think he couldn't have gone to a better spot. I mean, when you're determining fantasy value for these guys, it's two things, talent and opportunity. He's got both. Um, Najee Harris may not even come off the field. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be great to see his rookie season 
The only problem is, is that Steelers offensive line was not very good last year and specifically run blocking. So that is a weakness. We don't know what Ben Roethlisberger we're going to get. I mean, he is definitely at the end of his career. So that team could either be as good as they were at the start of the season when they were going undefeated and therefore Najee Harris is going to run away with, you know, offensive rookie of the year possibly, or they could be the Steelers of late in the year where they just were not on the same page. They couldn't get anything together. They completely abandoned the run altogether. So I, you know, it's, it's a tale of who, which Steelers team are we going to get? If they're clicking on all cylinders, Najee Harris could absolutely tear it up. But as far as safety, I could, I could see why Kyle Pitts would be the, would be the safer pick here. Um, you know, I, I still like the dynamic ability of Najee Harris being able to pass catch and, and rush. Now, the thing about Kyle Pitts is, you know, you're probably going to have to wait maybe a year, year and a half, because tight end is not an easy position to learn, although he won't be learning all the ins and outs of being a tight end with the blocking schemes that go along with that. He's going to mostly be used primarily as a receiver, but there's going to be a lot more to that. Um, but yeah, that's the only negative that I can even think of with Kyle Pitts is just waiting on, you know, the offense, um, you know, learning it as a tight end. Yeah. For me, Kyle Pitts, I think the presence of Julio Jones is, is a big, uh, I think that's a big factor in his fantasy production for year one. If Julio Jones isn't around anymore, whether he's traded, I think that's what the, that's the only way he's not going to be around is if, if they trade him. Um, if that happens, then expect Pitts to have a tight end one, uh, the first year tight end season like we've never seen before, just with as far as targets and fantasy production goes, because then it would be Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And who else? I mean, you know, there's, there are other guys, respectable names on the team, but production you know, wise. It would be Ridley and Pitts. Right now, Pitts is third in line at best, probably fourth, for a little while, and he will grow. Najee Harris, I agree with everything both of you said. You know, James Conner broke out the year that Le'Veon Bell sat down. I mean, he looked like Le'Veon Bell in, was it 2018? I, don't, I guess I don't know for sure, but I think it was 2018. In 2019, and in 2020, and in 2021, James Conner doesn't look like the guy that he was that one year in Pittsburgh. I do think we all have this uh, illusion that a Pittsburgh running back is going to be great. Najee Harris fits a lot of the... He, he, he looks a lot like Le'Veon Bell in some ways. Corey talked about top-end speed. Le'Veon Bell's top-end speed is not significant. Anyway, uh, I don't want to go on and on and on about these top three, but our top three happen to be Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Najee Harris. If you like any of these over the others... That's that's totally fine. Like we have, yeah, them. go for it. Yeah. Any 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 order, we, you know, just just take your guy. The difference between Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris was less than a whole ranking. Like it was a half of a ranking almost. So we couldn't even decide on these things. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's the fourth consensus. I've got him at four. Let's see who's lowest on him. Ah, uh, Corey's lowest at four, four, and five. Daniel, you take this one. What do you think about Travis Etienne? As, as far as a fantasy standpoint, this is the pick that I hated the most in the first round. You have James Robinson um, already on the Jags. He had 1,400 all-purpose yards, kind of a diamond in the rough. They get a guy they practically steal. I mean, wasn't he a sixth-round pick, I think? So they pay, they pay him nothing. You could have used this pick on a different position, maybe a defensive player, but instead they, they ruin James Robinson's fantasy outlook altogether. Um 
you know, they're bringing in a guy. I get it. It makes sense. You know, he played with Trevor Lawrence in college, getting him more comfortable, get a guy that could do both, yada, yada, yada. But Travis Etienne is still really talented. And because they use that kind of draft capital on him, he will be on the field. And something I keep thinking about with this Jacksonville team and why Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the surefire rookie of the year is because this defense is awful. And if Trevor we're looking Lawrence, at – Hold on, hold on. You can get Trevor Lawrence plus 270 right now for rookie of the year. Bang. I'm taking that all day because that defense – Oh, wrong sound effect. Wrong, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. What was it, so Corey? That, what did you say? What are the odds? Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the favorite at plus 270 for rookie of the year. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Dump your whole wallet. Seriously, that defense is so bad. He's going to have to throw for 4,500 yards to even keep them in games. I mean, this is going to be the Joe Burrow of last year um, with a with a little bit better offensive line. Um, so, you know, you're talking about dynasty PPR rankings here. Travis Etienne is going to get a ton of catches just because he's going to have to. I mean, they're going to be down in every game. Um, so, I, you know, I like looking at Travis Etienne as a, kind of a dynasty running back perspective, but I, I hated the pick in real life. Um, especially if you were a James Robinson owner, you know, the pain, um, that you just, <laughs> that you just felt, but he is super talented and he's going to get a lot of work. I struggled with the pick in real life too, because Robinson didn't do anything to lose his job. I think he caught 45 or 50 balls last year. I mean, he, I mean, for an undrafted free agent did a really, really great job. I mean, I, I do believe that ETN is better in every way. So that's the frustrating part. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Maybe they have an opportunity to, to trade uh, to trade one of the two. But but I do believe that ETN is is the starter. And, and this new offense is exciting. I'm back to saying I'm afraid of Jacksonville again. Uh, there seems to be always two teams now in the, in the AFC South that I'm worried about. And it, it kind of cycles through. But this year, it's Jacksonville. That is a high-powered... Spread offense, I, I'm afraid of that offense. That's a powerful, powerful unit now. Yeah, I, I think he'll be productive. Initially, I was thinking James, James Robinson would get more production, but this is Urban Meyer written all over it. He may hate James Robinson, you know. He you know, he may not see the field, but I don't see a trade scenario. I think the more depth you have, the better. You know, running backs are prone to injuries. Um, James or uh, ETN could tweak an ankle early, and then you got James Robinson. So I don't see a trade happening. I think the depth is good. I do think um, ETN's production will be great. And now that you know, now I'm sitting here thinking about it, maybe I could have him higher up in my rankings. Um, but we'll just see what happens. Um, any more thoughts from you, Daniel? With what they're paying James Robinson, they're going to ride that out as long Absolutely. as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what a steal for them. Tony, we'll be right back. All right. So our next guy on the list, Devonta Smith. Um, I think he is a little bit – well, actually, he's he's pretty close. Uh, Tony had him at six. You have him at six. And I have him at five. I kind of – I was talking to Tony a little bit about – Devonta Smith today and why he kind of would have him a little bit lower. I'm surprised he doesn't have him a little bit lower, but um, what do you think about Devonta Smith here? Um, I I don't like the situation uh, with Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. I, I think Jalen Hurts can be good. I just 
don't think his arm talent is enough to, you know, get like Julio Jones production out of this guy when you have a guy like Matt Ryan. Um, but the reason I have him so high is because I believe in the talent and I know he's undersized, but just to be real, I mean, he was the best wide receiver in college football last year because he is so dynamic. He's fast. He's an extremely good route runner. He's going to be open. You know, even if he's only catching slants from Hertz, he's still going to be productive. He's going to take those for an extra 10, 15 yards. Um, it's just the talent for me. He was my number one wide receiver just because I think he is the number one wide receiver. Um, I don't think he's as for sure as Jamar Chase. Um, I like Chase's size, and I love the Cincinnati fit. And I, He's wearing number one. I just think Jamar Chase is going to be relevant for a long time. Devontae Smith, just I don't think it's as for sure. Um, I don't love the situation, but the talent's good enough to where I think he'll be up there. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of draft capital plus a trade-up scenario because, you know, the Eagles kind of saw him slipping down a little bit. You know, in, in the real draft, he was the third wide receiver taken. So it was just a matter of time. I mean, those three guys were the surefire one, two, three, regardless of how people had them ranked. So the other two guys went. And the Eagles knew they had to come up, take their guy. Um, I'm kind of with you. Obviously, the Eagles aren't sold on Hurts, and I'm not sold on the Eagles in general. Um, I think that it, it's turned into a very dysfunctional franchise. Um, but, you know, they trade up for him. They don't have anybody else. I mean, Jalen Rager is arguably their other target. I mean, Travis Fulgham had some flashes. They've re-signed a couple guys like Gray Ward. But as far as like overall targets outside of the tight end position, I, I just feel like Devonta Smith is it. So if they're going to move the ball and it's not going to be, you know, through the run game with Miles Sanders or Hertz running it, it's going to be through Devonta Smith. And I feel like they're going to kind of form this offense around him. And like what you said, just turn him into a number one, even though he doesn't have the number one frame or, you know, the build, they're going to try and find, uh, ways to get him the ball enough to be their number one. So, you know, talent, definitely there. And then opportunity, same thing. I mean, he's just going to get too many targets for him not to be relevant in Philly. Even though I hate the Philly spot, it, it really doesn't even matter who's there at this point at quarterback. I'm so out on Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia's wide receivers, as far as fantasy goes, like when's the last time Alshon Jeffrey performed in a way, and Alshon Jeffrey was the last one to perform like in a way that you could start him every week in your fantasy football lineup, or even to every, be fair, every other week. He, even. he was the most injury prone wide receiver ever. Yeah. And he was also the most recent one. Like, yeah, that's the most recent time you've been able to rely on an Eagles wide receiver. This is not like a new development where the Eagles are a bad franchise. The, the problem is that the Eagles franchise has been covered up by, I, I can't believe this, we're going here, but Carson Wentz has carried the Eagles franchise on his back for the last several years. He's disguised the fact that they're a terrible, horrible organization. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is great. I'm saying that Carson Wentz was better than that organization is. I, I don't believe that there's a wide receiver in Philadelphia that I want on my fantasy football team. I just don't think so. And it's a shame. It's a real shame because Devonta Smith obviously has far more talent than I ever will. So it's not a dig on Devonta Smith, but I, I don't see uh, Sirianni can't call any. He doesn't. There's no starters on his football team. I mean, Jesus, this is spiraling out of control so quickly. So 
Devonta Smith, a great player. I've got him ranked at six behind Rondell Moore. The, the, the problem is the, the situation. That's what pushed him down. The truth is I'm not, I'm not drafting Devonta Smith in any dynasty leagues at any cost or any value. Corey, anything else to add on Devonta? Uh, nope. Well, this next guy here is a running back that I really like and love the love the landing spot here. It's kind of a kind of a difference in our lists here. Um, it is Javante Williams, and Tony has him. Oh, Tony, we'll, we'll let Corey go first, but you're going to have to uh, explain yourself. Tony has him at nine, Corey at three, and I have him at six. So, Corey. You obviously love Javante Williams. Take it away. I love the I love the player. First of all, Uh, I was trying to find my notes on him from the uh, our uh, running back rankings, but I'm having trouble finding that. But uh, great speed. I I love the film. I think one of my notes was my favorite film to watch so far. Um, He was. was You remember who my number one was, Corey? Yeah, it was Javante Williams. For me, it's it's the spot. Um, I don't see Melvin Gordon as any sort of competition here in Denver. He's washed up. I know, Daniel, you're a little worried about the goal line touches, but Javante Williams has a little bit. He's 5'10", 220. He's a little bowling ball, and he can crash in there and hit the goal line. So I don't see any reason why he's not the workhorse in Denver. Um, and I can see Melvin Gordon you know, fading away into the ether here. Um, yeah, for me, it's... I like it better than Najee Harris for sure. Um, ETN, uh, you know, that's a good situation as well, I think. But Javante Williams, I think if you're looking for a, especially in like a redraft, if you're looking for a solid starter in the first three or four rounds at running back, Javante Williams, I think is a home run. It's not that I dislike Javante Williams. The thing about me, he's like a little bowling ball. Like you just said, I actually think he's got more value at the goal line than Melvin Gordon at this point. I mean, he's well, younger. Tony, he's, he's healthier. I think what say again, I was going to, why do you hate him then? Well, it's not that I hate him, but he doesn't have a clear path. He's not, Oh, you hate him. No, no. Listen, here's why I don't, here's the, here's why I don't <laughs> like him is because Denver is going to have to pass the ball to stay in these games. They're in a division where they're still the underdog. They're still rebuilding. It's not Peyton Manning's Super Bowl winning team. Come on guys. I mean, they can't run the ball every play. And the truth of the matter is Javonta Williams is not a prolific pass catcher. I think the kid's super talented. He's probably going to grow into a role that I think of Jordan Howard right here. Like there were times that Jordan Howard sparked and exploded and, and we were so excited to see it. Javonta Williams could be a better, he could be Melvin Gordon 2.0. I mean, that could happen. He could learn how to catch the ball, but he didn't do it. He, a lot can, he can catch. He, he can catch. I saw him he catching. I well. saw him catching balls wide open out in the slant, I mean, it's fine. He, he, I'm not saying that he can't catch the ball. Philip Lindsay could catch the ball. I think he replaces the Philip Lindsay role this year, and we'll see what happens next year. I put him lower. Honestly, I probably put him too low. But the reason, is, the reason is because I'm afraid that he's going to be on a team that's running from behind, and he'll, his skill set doesn't match that, that kind of pattern yet. So once the team gets better, I'm more excited about him. But for now, I'm cautious. That's all. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, I, I, my worry with Melvin Gordon is only for this year. Melvin Gordon's gone after this year. So next year it is 
it is the Javante Williams backfield in Denver. So moving forward, you know, we're talking about dynasty here. I love it. You know, I almost hated that I had him six because I kind of felt like that was too low. But everybody kind of below here to me is kind of in a different tier break. You know what? Wait, uh, I'm going to change it right now. I'm changing mine. Um, okay. Oh, let's see what this does to our consensus. I'm we have a live change. I, I just people. moved him up one and I made him uh, six even. So I don't think it actually changed his position at all. Nope. Dang it. But I moved That's him up a spot position. in my rankings. All right. Yeah, I, I, I do love the spot. Um, not to mention, you know, it was early, early second. I think maybe it was like the third pick, um, but a trade-up. So I, I love kind of noting these trade-ups because it, it shows that the team just kind of went to go get their guy. And I love when teams do that and they show like aggression and getting their, getting their player because it's not just, oh, we'll take him here, I guess. I mean, you know what the team is thinking. It, it wasn't their normal pick you know that Denver wanted to replace Melvin Gordon with Javante Williams and with it being a trade up and this early second, I mean, he was the 35th player off the board. That's high draft capital. So, I mean, you're only talking about 11 picks behind Travis Etienne. So it, I, I love the pick as well. When you say it that way, it's pretty convincing. Yeah. They, they wanted him. That is, that was their guy. And any one of those teams, I feel like, was going to trade up at any second. I was waiting for Javante Williams. I'm like, okay, other two guys are gone. It's the second round now. Guys have got to be just beating down the door for Javante Williams. Then immediately it happened, like right as I was thinking this, because two picks went by. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, we ready to move on? Yeah, so Javante Williams is exactly a six. How is that possible? Oh, I see, because of Corey. Three, I get it. Anyway, um, yep. seven, 7.33. Arizona Cardinal, Rondale Moore. I like it a lot because of the landing spot. I've got him ranked five. Is that the highest of all of us? Yeah, I've got him ranked highest of all of us. I love the landing spot. I love him working with Kyler Murray. I love him being in the slot with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. I mean, how do you stop that? My concerns, obviously, are his health. You know, if he's healthy, that's important. Um, And he hasn't been. So, assuming the guy is healthy... I don't see it taking real long, long for him to get on the field. I, I just feel like he has, outside of Jamar Chase, I honestly think he's got the clearest path to a wide receiver role in year one, and that could sustain much longer. I don't know. maybe Over Devonta Smith? Yeah, because Devonta Smith plays for the Eagles, dude. Who's the quarterback for the Eagles? Nobody knows who the starter is. It's Joe who Flacco. Who else are going to line up at wide receiver? It doesn't matter who's going to throw him the he's ball. He's going to be on the field 100% of the plays. Uh, and, and maybe, and maybe, but he's going to be double-covered 100% of the plays, too. And I'm telling you right now, Rondell Moore can't be double-covered because you have to double-cover uh, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green, by the way. And A.J. Green's hey. only going to play half the season. So I get it. I totally get it. Guess what? Devonta Smith was double-covered all last year, and he just had the best wide receiver year of anyone. Yeah, well, not by NFL. Football. Not by the NFL. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. Devonta Smith is going to suffer. He's a casualty of the Eagles. I don't. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not. It's over. Turned into it's like over. me loving Devonta Smith. But Rondell I, Morris got the veterans to learn from, the body to compete immediately, the mind. I mean, he's he should be healthy and fresh. I love Rondell Moore, and I've got I've got him ranked five, just below Etn. Corey, what do you think like about Rondell there? 
I think, hey, listen, there's a chance he could be a bust, so you're taking a risk with Rondale Moore, but I think the upside is incredible, especially when he's playing inside of DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this could be a guy that turns into a superstar out of circumstance like Tyreek Hill. Um, he's an absolute athlete. Um, he's got a hell of an athlete as a quarterback with an incredible arm. I mean, I I can just picture it right now. Kyler Murray scrambling out of the pocket. Rondale Moore just runs open for 20 yards. You know, that can happen two or three times a game. Um, and he's going to be catching shit underneath while everybody's watching DeAndre Hopkins. He could just gobble up a shit ton of passes this year. Um, I, I, I just think the upside is unreal. But like I said, there's risk. Um, but with the upside that's there and the athlete that he is, obviously there's injury stuff too. But, um, you know, compare, you know, Jalen Waddle, somebody that should be in here. I, Jalen Waddle seems more risky to me than Rondale Moore just because of the situation. So I, I, I love the spot for Rondale Moore. Yeah, I don't disagree with that last uh, statement that you made, but I, I still have. Jalen Waddle just a little bit above Rondé Moore. I think I'm letting my my personal bias kind of get in the way here. I just don't like these small little gadgety guys. You know, I, I know we're talking about you know freak athlete with Rondale Moore, and I know he's going to an offense that you know the vacancy was there for a wide receiver. I mean, Christian Kirk is not you know the wide receiver two for a franchise. He, he kind of proved that, but I just. Just these guys like this, this Curtis Samuel type, you know, hyped up guys like these little Tariq Cohen guys. I just don't, I'm not a fan of, you know, they usually don't produce in fantasy all that much. I mean, hopefully Rondale Moore gets, you know, 100, 120 targets his rookie season. I mean, that'd be great. Um, I don't know. I just, what do you think stat would, because Tony, you're super high on Rondale Moore realistic stat wise for his rookie year with Kyler Murray in the offense. And keep in mind, Kyler likes to rush. What could you say? And I'm not going to hold you to this. It's just kind of conversation piece receptions, yards, touchdowns. What are you thinking? Rookie year. So rookie year, I wish I had other rookie stats in front of me. Um, yeah, just not, not any stats. I mean, if you ask me that, I, I wouldn't even know like what other guys to compare to. I'm just curious. Cause I, I just don't see him doing much as his rookie year, and I don't know why, and I, I hate it, and I can't really explain why I don't really like Rondale Moore that much. I think me, I'm just 40, curious. 40 to, 40 to 60 receptions. Um, okay. He could get close to 1,000 yards on that small amount of receptions and then four to five touchdowns. I was trying to find, yeah, uh, Chris Godwin had 65, 840 yards. I think that's reasonable. I think, I think Corey's right on there. I don't think he's going to be like a target monster. He can't be. At 65 may even be too much. 50, 50 targets, 700 yards, and four touchdowns, five touchdowns. You know what? With A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins in your first year in the NFL, I'll, I'll take that. I think that's reasonable, too. And then A.J. Green disappears, and now here you go. Yeah, I, I don't think A.J. Green's going to be relevant really at all, almost. Maybe goal line, uh, but that's, that's it. Goal line and coverage. I mean, you have to cover A.J. Green. You know, If he's sure, on the field, yeah. you have to cover him. So, uh, And that's part of why I like Rondell more that much more is, <laughs> I mean, your third or fourth best guy is going to be covering Rondell more. 
That's what it is. Because yeah. if Hopkins I mean, and Green demand the others. Yeah. I mean, I still have him at nine. I mean, he's, he's still in my top ten, which is a good player. I just wouldn't be excited if I was sitting there and Rondell Moore was like the, the guy that I felt like I had to take. I just – I wouldn't be excited about it. I don't know why. Oh, hey, I just actually updated the uh, the Javante Williams ranking because we had an issue with the sheet. Javante yeah. Williams got moved up above Devonta Smith in our rankings, just so everybody knows. What? So you have oh, Javante no. Williams to seven? Yeah, so I moved Williams to seven after our conversation, and that moved him above Devonta Smith. So now Devonta Smith that. is now the seventh best player, sixth best player. Six. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So Rondell Moore, we're done with that. Jalen Waddle, uh, take it away. So number eight, let's see. Tony, you've got him at nine. Uh, Corey, you've got him at nine. And I've got him at seven. Wow. And it's not it's not because I love him. I mean, Corey, Corey said it best. He's got risk. And, you know, I'm not going to bury Tua after his rookie season and say that he's not good enough to get him the ball. It just it wasn't a pick that I'm overly excited about. I mean that that offense has got actually got a lot of weapons. Um, they signed Will Fuller in the offseason, which was kind of their Jalen Waddle type player, just a little bit taller. Um, you know, Mike Gusecki at tight end. Um, they got Preston Williams back at wide receiver. Uh, Devontae Parker's back. Miles Gaskin catches the ball. Two of rushes. I mean, this is going to be a dynamic team, and not to mention their defense is going to be great. So if you're talking about a guy that his specialty is burning the defense, I mean, how how much are the Dolphins going to be down this year by, you know, double-digit scores where they're just heaving it long to try and get back in the game? I mean, I know Jalen Waddle in a pinch could become maybe a more of a possession-type receiver, kind of, kind of, you know, get a more full of a route tree, but I'm just not – not all that excited about him. I mean, honestly, I should probably move him down a little bit in my rankings. He's just I, so dynamic as a player. I felt the exact same way. The, the coach coach talk was a lot of players would have opted out, and, but he wanted to be with his teammates. And for us, it was the explosive playmaking ability and the return ability. We really liked that. He's a special teams playmaker. They said Tyreek Hill. That might be like Tyreek Hill. I mean, come on. Everybody's sure. looking for yeah. the next Tyreek Hill. He might be the next Tyreek Hill, but that's not how it works. You don't go draft another Tyreek Hill. I guess I feel the same way you do, Daniel. I want to rank him lower, but his talent forces me to bring him up here. I'm I'm concerned. He's another player that I will not be drafting in any fantasy football leagues. So any uh, of them? <laughs> no, not right now. I mean, there could come a time. Of course, there could become a time. Maybe I'm wrong, and he is the next Tyreek Hill. Of course, I'll. I mean, I'm not stupid. But in these dynasty leagues, his value is higher than. Then his, I mean, the risk is is the risk is greater. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, the, for me, it feels like Henry Ruggs 2.0. Like I feel like these are guys that you know, you know, five years ago, these are guys that would have been taken in the second or third round as a flyer because they're such a great athlete. But you know, on the field, they don't do you know all the things. You know, that you expect out of a wide receiver, they're just fast, and when they have the ball, they're explosive. So for him to go, hell, he went in the top 10. Uh, I just I just don't love it. I think it's too big of a 
I mean, they are rolling the dice by taking Waddle that early when he's more of just like a weapon to put on the field than, you know, for sure thing. I just think the risk is extremely high. Now, who knows, you know, if Devontae Smith hadn't played at Alabama last year, he could have won the Heisman. We don't know. But all, all we've really seen is just his speed when he has the ball. So I don't know if he's going to be productive as an NFL wide receiver. Uh, Trey Sermon is our ninth Ninth pick. I didn't know a lot about Trey Sermon until real recently. I actually rated him pretty low. Uh, I think it's good for the 49ers. There's a lot of depth there. For me, there's a huge competition, and I don't know what to expect. I like the talent, but as far as draft capital goes, uh, maybe he's another guy I've got too low. I, I just think he's got a lot of competition in a, and Kyle Shanahan has shown that he'll rotate backs. So I'm, a, I'm skeptical. I love the talent, though. What do you guys think? Yeah, he wasn't even in my top 10 until I looked at your guys' list and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about Trey Sermon. <laughs> and and if, he had not, if he had been drafted by any other team, he probably wouldn't have made my top 10. But the 49ers have one of the best run games in the league. It doesn't matter who's touching the ball. And what I love about Sermon is he has workhorse potential. He's he reminds me a little bit, you know, in size to like a Leonard Fournette. So if he can find, you know, his way in that backfield and kind of separate himself, obviously they've still got the receiving backs that they like, but you know, he could be that as well. So, you know, just with the just the run game there, um, and kind of the lack of names, um, he has a chance to kind of climb above them and be the guy and gobble up all those fantasy points that you get from those 49ers running backs, you know, every season. It may not be this year, but it could be in the next year or two. Yeah. That's why I loved it so much. Um, It was Kyle Shanahan offense. And guess what? Another trade up. They went up and got their guy. And so, you know, to your point, Tony, they already have a couple guys and there's competition there, but they knew that they had to get some extra insurance because, Corey, you mentioned the names. I mean, Raheem Mostert, uh, he, he has never finished like a season healthy. And, I mean, he is a running back, so that's tough to do. But this is the same offense that Jeff Wilson popped in, and I think he had like 150 yards and four touchdowns one game. I mean, this is just such a dynamic uh, run game, and they trade up for a guy like, Corey said that has workhorse potential he is a bruiser I mean he it's almost scary the way he runs because you 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 kind of cringe when he lowers his head and you know blasts the guy with his neck (laughs) but he is he is such a good runner and then they draft you know up earlier in the draft they draft Trey Lance so this is a young good talented they have a great defense this is this is overall good team and a good defense is good for running backs because they're going to be up in games. They're going to be running out clock. Yeah, that's a good point. So when you talk about, you know, Kyle Shanahan loading up his team, by the end, by the end of the year, though, there's a for sure winner of, of the backfield every single year. It's guys that keep getting hurt. I mean, they had Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it was the all-injury team. And so they knew that they needed to go get a guy that could uh, – that could hopefully kind of withstand some of those injuries and uh, carry the load for the future here, which is going to be Trey Lance here soon, who's a running quarterback that's also good for running games. This is, I think this is going to be just a great offense. And then again, we're talking about Javante Williams. 
you know, this year being, you know, kind of, kind of iffy on the, on the Trey Sermon front, but next year, good God, get ready. It's going to be great. So Trey Sermon was 9.0 and Trevor Lawrence was 9.3. The first quarterback off the board. I don't think there's a lot to talk about here again, like, like with Jamar Chase. I think it's, for me, there was a line. I took him a little earlier than the average, but one pick earlier. And it was just because there was a line on the skill position players where I wanted the best quarterback available. So um, Lawrence, I think, has a long future. I think he is the real deal of all the quarterbacks in the draft. I think he's the only quarterback worth taking in a 1QB league in the first round. Personally, I would take him later than I ranked him, but I, I, I ranked him at eight. Everything you said was the exact same. I, I would take him later because it's a one QB, but there comes a point in the rankings where you just kind of feel foolish about putting a generational talent in there. Anything else? Um, I I think he's Andrew Luck 2.0 as long as not as he's not like a surprise bust. I mean, Andrew Luck was good for about 30 rush yards a game, probably on average. So. He's a little bit of, of a threat there. Um, he could go off for 60 if nobody covers him. Could get you, a, you know, a rush touchdown a few times a year. Um, he should be productive in the past game, put up three touchdowns a game. Hopefully he's good at not turning the ball over. I I think it's just if you, if you don't have, like, a for sure starting quarterback and you want one for the next five years in fantasy football, Trevor Lawrence locks that spot up for a long time, and it's – it's kind of like our top two guys. Like there's almost no risk involved here. So Rashad, yeah, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, we talked earlier about the, the defense, the defense in the NFL defenses are hard to build, especially through the draft. So if you take Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have a guy that will be passing probably about 40 times a game because he has to. And that is just fantasy gold. And he's already got some good weapons there. Uh, with DJ Chark, they drafted LaVisca Chenault um, early last year. It was uh, Colin Johnson coming through the scene there. They just added ETN. So this is going to be a surprising dynamic offense with Trevor Lawrence in his first year. Yep. You can get him plus 270 right now on FanDuel for Rookie of the Year. God, take that. Take Man. it. I, I, so I, I heard somebody say it on the radio. There's this betting show that's been popping up on 1070. And as soon as I got home, I had $15 left in my account. And I put it all on that. Yeah. On Trevor Lawrence for rookie. Cause I figured there wasn't anything better I could do with that money. Barring injury. That's a landslide. Yep. Rashad Bateman and Terrence Marshall round out the 11th and 12th players of our, of our rankings within a half a point of each other. So, guys, just take this away. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, I had uh, Rashad Bateman as my number 12. I actually didn't have Terrace Marshall inside my, my top 12 there, but he is very, very close. He, I mean, he would be, you know, 13, if not 14. Um, good players. I'll start with um, – I'll start with the guy we have higher, Rashad Bateman. I, I really like his talent. It's just – it's just the Ravens and it just instantly gives you this kind of like tuba sound in the background. Like, Oh boy, oh, here we go. I mean, if you ask anyone is Lamar Jackson, a good passer. I mean, 
unless your answer is no, it's I don't know. And you add a wide receiver. I mean, sure, the draft capital is there. It's the first round. Everybody knew they had to do it um, with their wide receiver core. We don't know. I mean, Rashad Bateman could come in and be just a very polished route runner um, in the NFL already, could be very physical at the NFL corners and get open. And Lamar Jackson could have a great year with him. But I could also see a scenario where we have Marquise Brown of 2020, where there was all the hype going in. Everybody looked at his rookie year and said, oh, yeah, he's going to get way better, including myself, and then just kind of falls flat on his face. You know, I, I, me being a Ravens fan, it's very difficult, but I am with the community on this. I'm very unexcited about Rashad Bateman when I was a lot more excited pre-draft. Yeah, I'm not excited about him being a Raven at all. Terrace Marshall, however, is, I, I ranked him because I was really excited about him being on the Panthers. They have holes. Like we talked earlier, like this is the part in my rankings where I'm looking at future opportunity. You know, I'm past this year. Terrace Marshall has an opportunity to carve out a role immediately and then become, you know, a longstanding part of, of the Panthers offense. I, I really like the, the talent long-term there. And so at this point, no, he's not. I just had that sheet pulled up. I don't, and now I've closed it out. So my thoughts escaped me. He's not an immediate impact player. I don't see him scoring, you know. He's not going to be offensive rookie of the year. He's not going to have 900 receiving yards. He's a guy that I could see having five or 600 this year and seven or 800 next year and then becoming, you know, a focal point of the team. So I like him, and I'm taking a dart throw at the end of the first round. That's what I think. Uh, Bateman, to me, I could see him having a Nikhil Harry-type career. Just, you know, where's he at? And then... um Terrace Marshall, I, maybe it's because he plays for LSU, but he could be the Justin Jefferson of this draft. Um, he's going to be playing opposite of DJ Moore. And let's give a little hand clap here to the Panthers for getting Sam Darnold some weapons. I mean, how many quarterbacks are leaving their franchises because they're not helping them, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? So, you know, hand clap to them for going and getting a weapon for Sam Darnold, who has struggled. He's going to need all the help he can get. Um, I think they shored up the O-line, I want to say, with that top 10 pick. Is that right? Can anybody verify that real quick? Yeah. Oh, no, they went defense first round. But, um, yeah, Sam Darnold could be a uh, secure weapon for him here in his first year. I, I think he has a lot of upside, and he's got DJ Moore on the other side. You know, he's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, I like Terrace Marshall. Big target. Yeah, I immediately thought of Robbie Anderson when they took uh, Terrace Marshall because they're both, you know, 6'3". Obviously, Robbie Anderson has more speed, but I could see a world where Terrace Marshall just kind of slides in and takes Robbie Anderson's job because he's getting a little older. And then we have, like you said, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, and then CMC um in the backfield and gosh those are great weapons so i i loved terrace marshall um as you guys you know famously said i gave him a grammy in my pre-draft rankings so i don't need to go in depth oh um, that's right but... you did you did give him a grammy <laughs> that's right you learned a lot about terrace marshall that day, i fell but... in love with Ter terrace marshall that day you're so yeah. right 
So I, I love them uh, pre-draft. And I, <clears throat> I think this is a great spot. I think, I think Darnold might actually work out in Carolina. I think they did it right. They didn't reach up. They, they spent the draft capital on team needs. That defense, um, yeah, it was um, J.C. Horn, wasn't it? Isn't that who they took? Yes. So that defense is rapidly growing, and it's, it's going to be tough in a couple of years. So Sam Darnold might actually have a complete team around him. And then the only thing kind of to, to address at that point is shoring up the offensive line. And this could be a team to look out for. I so mean, this offense wait, wait, was wait. Are a you little more sa- scary last year. Are you saying that the Panthers have a chance in that division? Is that what you're telling me right now? Yep. They went offensive line in the third round. They got a tackle. Brady, Brady Christensen out of Penn State, I believe. Or yeah, BYU. Nice. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was Zach Wilson's lineman. But, um, Tony, this year – Eh, maybe it's the first year, um, you know, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, Sam Darnold will get into it. But next year, I think for sure, give him one more draft, get that defense, you know, stronger. I think within two years, this Panthers team will be able to compete for sure. Yes. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three. three. I totally forgot to mention Elijah Moore, who I have at uh, number 11 above Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall. Well, it was about the rankings, though. He's outside of our... Our consensus, yeah. yeah. You were the only one that ranked him. Yeah, I was the only one that ranked Elijah Moore. But, I, you know, the uh, I think we talked about Jameson Crowder. Pre- he sucks. NFL he draft. sucks. He sucks. Yeah, he's out. He sucks. He's officially he out. Sucks. Officially now. Elijah Moore is the Jameson Crowder replacement. No. And, Elijah Moore uh, sucks. Elijah Moore sucks. Jesus. Corey, oh, relax. stop it. Relax. Relax. You don't actually think that. But I think Zach Wilson having a target like that, you know, just kind of a reliable slot guy that's that's super talented could uh, really help Zach Wilson in his young career that Corey is calling a bust on.